Good morning, First Bradenton. We are glad to be with you. We appreciate you tuning in this morning and listening. We want to start our service off with song this morning, and then uh, Pastor Allen and his wife are going to come and lead us through message through the word. But let me read this passage of scripture to you this morning, talking about uh, giving us hope and uh, the hope that we have in Christ. First Peter 1, uh, starting right at verse 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into the inheritance of which is imperishable, undefiled, unfaded, kept in heaven for you. And I am so thankful as we stand here this morning doing Facebook Live with our congregation and anybody else that may be listening, I am so happy that we have a hope in Jesus Christ. Join with us and sing this morning. How great a chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. And through the
declared the grave has no claim on me. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, church family. If you don't know me, my name is Frank Welch, and I have the privilege of being the interim student director here at our amazing church. And I'm just going to take a moment and read a couple of the key verses we're going to be looking at this morning. The first one is Hebrews 6, verse 19. Take hope we have as an anchor, or sorry, let me restart. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. And the second verse I want to look at is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And in this verse, the Bible says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's good to be with you, First Bradenton, and uh, I am so thankful again to have my bride with me, and we're looking forward to sharing the the conclusion of this message, uh, Jesus, an anchor for our soul. Last week, we we shared that hope is only found in Jesus Christ, and we talked about this hope being for us as well as being in us. Uh, The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1 wrote these words, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by command of God, uh, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. We have, we have defined hope, and again, Jennifer and I uh, this morning are going to, to share in this message, but we have defined hope as desiring a, a good thing and having the, the confident expectation that we will receive it based on the Word of God and the character of God. But the definition of hope, And Jennifer, you you and I talked about this. Uh, It has boundaries, doesn't it? And it has parameters. And so um, it also has responsibilities. Uh, Those those boundaries, what hope is not? Uh, Hope is not wishful thinking. You know, there are sometimes when we hear even uh, well-intentioned people talk about if if you just, if you think it, it, it will happen. Hope is not that. Hope is not wishful thinking. It is, it is not positive thinking. Hope is not coming up with an idea or a plan and then, and then asking God to, to come through and bless your plan or, or idea. I always, always think about it in this way, Jennifer, that, that sometimes I even do this where I come up with a big plan and then, and then I say, okay, God, will you bless this mess? And that's not hope. That's not the way that God works. Hope is not based upon feelings. Hope is not our perception of how things should 
or could be. But hope, First Bradenton, hope is based upon truth. Truth is the unchanging, unfailing word of God that flows from an unchanging, unfailing character of God. Hope does not wax or wane with circumstances and feelings because hope is based upon God's word. Even this past week as we have watched this, this COVID-19, this coronavirus, this worldwide pandemic begin to exponentially uh, show uh, up in, in places uh, and then begin to grow in places like New York and, 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 and Miami and Chicago and New Jersey. And, and, and we've watched even the worldwide numbers of this, of this virus. I would tell you that we cannot lose hope. We cannot allow uh, ourselves. Uh, I, I said to Jennifer this week, I, I've got to get outside. I, I've, I've been working every day at, at Agape Flights, and, 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 but I, I, just, I really can't just stay in the house. Uh, I've got to get outside and do some things. But I, I've seen opportunities, even in the midst of all that is going on, and I've read your emails and your text messages of how you're finding opportunities to share the gospel, even uh, with all the social distancing that we have have been put under. I want to just encourage you that that hope does not depend upon circumstances or feelings because hope is based upon God's word. We have hope because we have Jesus Christ, God's son, and he does not lie. Hope remains even if the believer in Christ cannot see it, doesn't feel it, or even if we don't believe it. Hope remains because hope is not based on us. It is not based on anything else except Christ and the anchor holes, hope holes, because our hope is in Christ. However, as Christians, as as followers of Jesus, we have the privilege as well as the choice of living each day in hope or not in hope. It's our choice. We have the daily responsibility to cooperate with Father God, to surrender in his ways, to surrender to his plan, and then to surrender to his truth that we find in his word. And I'm certain all of us right now are saying amen, amen, pastor. But practically, how, how do we live in a hope that is already ours? And, and I'm going to ask Jennifer uh, if she would to help us understand what the Bible says regarding how we live in our possession, what we have, our hope. Jennifer, share that with us. Okay. Well, sometimes I think when we are studying Scripture, and if you you turn on the airways at any point right now, you're going to hear ministers and ministries talking about hope, and and it's great to know that, but somewhere along the way, um, we have to live that out. We have to walk it out in a very practical way. And so this morning, we wanted to come back. Last week, we set a sort of set the foundation for what is hope, and Alan's reviewed that. But now, how, how do I live in that? How do I walk daily in that hope? And there's three points to this, if you're, you know, taking notes, all two of you that are taking notes out there. Um, we, we live with a renewed mind, we live by faith, and we live in the power of the Spirit. 
So let's talk about that for just a minute. We live with a renewed mind. What does that mean? Well, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He also tells us in Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's something about this Christian life that has to do with our mind and it being made new. But neither this renewing process or this transforming process just magically happens. We have a responsibility to cooperate with God in this transforming and the renewing of our mind. And it is indeed a daily process. And the tool that God uses to renew and to transform our mind is his word. And we cooperate with God in this as we daily read it, as we meditate on it, as we sing it, as we digest in any way the word of God. And as we are digesting the word of God, he is renewing and transforming our minds. In other words, he is changing the way we think. And when our thinking is changed, then our behavior is changed. Warren Wiersbe has always said, what you believe determines how you behave. And please understand me, this is not some kind of behavior modification. It is not an external change. It is what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It is the Spirit of God working in the inner man. And what is happening in the inner man flows to the outside and it changes our behavior. It changes what we do. Unfortunately, our society values feelings more than we do thinking. And God's not really interested in transforming our feelings on the front end. I heard Tony Evans say last week, our, our feelings have to be the caboose, not the engine. The engine is our mind and our thinking and, and what God is doing with the word of God to change our thinking. Now, certainly our feelings, especially in a crisis time like this, our feelings are not invalid. God is not invalidating the feelings that we have, but he is transforming the way we think so that we are standing in the truth of his word because truth is our guide, not our feelings. Truth is the one directing our decisions and our choices, not our feelings. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he says it three times. He says, stand firm. That means hold your position in a critical time of battle. We are to stand firm in what? In our position in Christ and the truth of Christ. And when the crisis comes, when the difficulties come, we are standing firm, not in our feelings that can come and go, but we are standing firm in who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us and everything that's available to us. And we live in this hope by living with a transformed mind. You say, well, Jennifer, how do I, how do, I do this? How do I start doing this? One of the greatest places you can start is Psalm 119. Now, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. There's 176 verses there, and yet they're divided into little sections. You could read one section a day. And that, that, those little sections, every verse, all 176 verses, are about the benefits of the Word of God in our lives. Another place that we can look is, is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul writes, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, is there, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Where do we find those things that are, 
are honorable and true and pure and lovely. We find them in the word of God. And to dwell means to settle down and live there. Our mind is to settle down and live on the things that honor God that we find in his word. This is not a mentality of sticking our head in the sand, of of being naive about the evil or the difficulties in this world. But it is not our focus. Our focus is the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth of his word. Now, what am I saying on all this? I'm not saying that if we just read the Bible enough that we're going to have this great big happy ending and everything's all going to turn out okay. No. I have, I'm, I, Alan and I have been through so many difficulties in our life and so many things in our life didn't just end up in this nice little neat bow because we read the Bible and we knew the truth and we stood in the truth. But it is the light at our feet that is guiding us and directing us Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light into my path. And it's this truth that we stand in when we don't understand what God is doing, when we can't see what God is doing, when we don't feel what God is doing. We stand in the truth of his word, and that truth proves to be an anchor for our minds. And that anchor holds every single time. But now that we know that our mind is to be transformed by the truth of God's word, now you've got to just get up and live. You've got to go through, the, through your day and function during the day. And so how do we do that? We do it by walking in faith, by living in faith. The Bible says the just, that's a believer in Christ, the just shall live by faith. It's interesting to me when you look at the word faith and you look at the word hope that they are very closely associated in scripture. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, three things remain, faith, hope, and love. So many times you see the word faith and the word hope in the same verses of scripture, but faith is another one of those words that that we look at it and then we, we speak it a lot in religious circles, but we really don't have a clue what it means. Well, again, I always kind of like to approach something from the backside. Let's look at what faith is not. Faith is not for a select few. Scripture says all believers are to live by faith. And yet sometimes I think we have made faith for the preacher or the teacher or the Christian celebrity to be people of great faith. And yet yet scripture says we're all to be people of faith. Faith is not believing harder or claiming louder. It is not dramatic or theatrical. It is not a leap into the dark. So what is faith? Faith is believing God enough to obey him. That's all it is. It is acting on revealed truth, is what Avery Willis said years ago in one of his discipleship books. Acting on what God has already revealed, believing it enough, trusting God enough, trusting his word enough to simply obey it. It is not dramatic or theatrical. It is a simple, quiet walk of obedience. The Bible says, and I quoted this earlier in in Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light under my path. The word is the lamp and faith is us stepping into that little bit of light that we have. I don't have my phone up here with me but you all know that on your smartphones there's a flashlight and when I travel to other countries especially third world countries and if if we walk to dinner or we walk somewhere at night we need those flashlights 
Because in, in a country like that, you just really don't really ever know what you're going to step in. And you want to be really careful, especially at night. And so you have that flashlight. But if you take that little flashlight, and it can apply to just walking in the woods, walking in your neighborhood. If you shine the light way out ahead of you to see what's ahead, you're going to miss what's right at your feet. And you can stumble, you could step in something, you could trip, you could fall, because you can't see what's at your feet. And Scripture says... The Word of God is that flashlight, and it is shining right at our feet. And faith is when we take one little step into that light. He's not showing us the big picture. He's not showing us what's way out there, what all the answers are, what the big scene is. He's just showing us what's right at our feet. And he's saying, trust me, believe me enough to take one little step into that light. So how does that reconcile with hope? Hope is the anticipation that God will do what he says he will do, and faith is our obedience to do what God has told us to do. So how does that work? Well, let's, let's just look at a couple examples as, as I wrap up here my, my part. I didn't mean to get long-winded. I wrap up here. Let's take a scripture. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that's a promise. So it gives us hope that there's forgiveness for our sins. That's our hope, that we can have forgiveness. But now we have to act on that in faith. So what is the action that we do to live in our hope? We simply confess our sins. We trust God enough to come through with what he says he will do, that I do what that verse tells me to do. I confess my sin. And then he does what he promises to cleanse us and to forgive us. But I'm responsible for cooperating with God in that hope and to live by faith, to confess. Now, when I'm a cancer survivor, and I'll have to tell you that during cancer, my greatest battle was not with cancer. My greatest battle was with fear. And over and over, God had to take me back to the truth of his word to calm my fears. And, you know, interestingly enough, God never gave me a passage of scripture to say, Jennifer, you're going to be healed at this point on this day. Now, I'm very thankful six years out to, to be cancer-free. But in that moment, that was not what calmed my fears. God gave me passages of scripture like Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God now listen to verse 7 because here's where the hope is and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart that's your feelings and your mind that's your thinking in Christ Jesus now I wanted that peace I needed that peace and and many of you need that peace right now because it's a tumultuous time it's a fearful time for many people and we want that peace of God standing guard over our hearts and our minds so what do we do to get it we have to believe God enough to do what he told us to do in verse 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything everything by prayer and that word prayer means it, it, it has a connotation of worship, worshiping him by prayer and supplication, energetic, specific asking with thanksgiving, thanking him on the front end of the prayer, not just waiting for the answer when we thank him, thank him on the front end. It proves we're trusting him. When we pray in this way, we are responding in faith to the promise of God that he will stand guard over us in peace. That is how our hope, the promise and our faith line up together. 
We have hope and we live in it by faith and we know it because we are standing in the truth with a renewed mind. So live with a renewed mind and walk it out by faith. Jennifer, thank you. Well, there's a third portion as she shared uh, with you earlier, not only living with that renewed mind and living it out by faith and obedience, but live in the spirit. You know, many, many times folks are afraid, especially church folks are afraid to uh, talk about or even uh, talk about the Holy Spirit and, and his work in our lives because there have been so many uh, teachings on, on both ends of the spectrum. There have been abusive teachings about the Holy Spirit. And, and as a result, people are very skeptical, some, some even afraid. Don't be afraid of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. We cannot ignore the Holy Spirit and, and his role in our lives and, and his work on a daily basis. He is, the, he is the dynamo. He is the dynamite, the power that enables us to live this abundant and victorious life. And so he, he uses God's word to renew and to transform our minds. But he enables us through the work in his life by filling us to, to live and to walk by faith, but he, he even gives us this desire to live by faith. Listen to the word of God, Ephesians chapter 3, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner man or your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. The inner man, the inner being includes our mind, our will, our emotion, our, our, our concerns, all of those things. And as the inner man is, in, is strengthened, the outer man changes too. Romans chapter 15 verse 3 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God is not just the dispenser of hope. He is hope. And as you yield to him, he fills us with joy and peace. And we overflow with this hope. Just this week, one of the Amazon drivers that was dropping off packages at Agape Flights uh, said something as I walked out to to receive those packages, I was pushing a cart out there and, and I said, thank you for, for helping us carry hope to the Caribbean. It's one of those taglines that many times we use at Agape Flights. And he stopped and he said, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And I said, no, I, I said, I'm sorry, I was, I was probably, uh, I, 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 what I'm talking about, he, he got me a little, uh, you know, razzed a little bit. He got me a little upset, not, not mad or anything, but, but I, I caught myself using that, that quote tagline and he didn't understand hope because he thought those were just Amazon boxes. And, and as I began to discuss with him what, what that really meant, I realized that, that he didn't know the giver of hope. And so I, I began to share with him the gospel for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. What, what we talked about last week. You see, so much of the time 
We can see this overflowing in a continuous daily work of the Holy Spirit working in our inner being. If we would just allow him to naturally flow through us, daily surrender is the key. Every day we should ask for his filling and live like you have his filling. And as a result, our mind is renewed and we'll become obedient in faith. So can a, can a believer, can a Christian lose hope? No, no, no. Listen to Ephesians. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. His residency in our life is not based on us or our faithfulness or our feelings or our righteousness or our performance or the circumstances. His residency in our life is based upon his character and his word. And his faithfulness. Several, several years ago, we had to evacuate the planes from Agape Flights. It was during a hurricane and our insurance agent said, you need to get those planes out of Florida. And so we took uh, both planes to Tennessee. And then one of the planes, the, the Embraer, ended up in Louisville, Kentucky with our chairman of our board and one of our volunteer pilots. Because the city of Louisville wanted to, to share with Southwest Florida their love, and so they were going to pack the plane with supplies that were going to be flown back here. I was in Chattanooga, and and there was a, a young Kentucky uh, National Guard airman that was going to fly me in a Cirrus plane, a really nice plane, but a very small plane, from Chattanooga to Louisville to meet up with our chairman of our board and the plane. I was going to greet the people in Louisville and then fly home with the plane. As we got on this Cirrus plane, the weather in Chattanooga was terrible and and it was overcast and you couldn't see anything, but I I trusted the the skills of this uh, person that was going to fly me there. He was a Kentucky Air National Airman and so I I had just met him, but we got in that plane, we took off and as we got, uh, he he really thought we would clear the, the, the over hang that that seemed to be at about 4,000 feet as we climbed to 5,000 it was white and I began to experience what's called whiteout vertigo as I watched the the continuing of those clouds just all around me and and that young Kentucky uh, Air National uh, Airman looked at me he could tell that I was experiencing uh, that vertigo and and that plane seemed to be spinning around and around and around and around and Several years ago, I took flight training, and, and so that, that, that young, very wise pilot looked at me, and he said, uh, Mr. Spear, you've had some flight training. I said, yes, I have, but right now I, I, I don't want to fly. And he said, well, I want you to take the yoke anyway. I want you to take it. Was a, it was like a, a stick yoke on the side, and I took that, and he said, now put your eyes on your instruments. Don't look outside. Just pretend like we've put a curtain around this cockpit. And I want you to watch your instruments and trust your instruments. And in a very few short minutes, my vertigo was gone. And I I stayed focused on on climbing that aircraft up and leveling it off and staying focused on the instruments. And when we got to Louisville and he landed that plane, I told him, I said, you know, I not only learned something 
uh, during this flight. I, I had never experienced the vertigo, but I learned something very, very critical that I can apply spiritually, and it's this. When everything around you is moving, when, when it seems like no one has any answers, and I know that today for many of you and for a lot of us, we feel that way. Trust your instruments. Trust what God has shown you through his word. Trust the character of God. Live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Renew your mind. Walk by faith. Learning to live in the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. He is the anchor for the soul. And the anchor holds every single time. It makes me think of that hymn that we grew up singing, and, I, and maybe you remember it too. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Father, I thank you today for the opportunity to share in this message with Jennifer, and for those that have been listening and those who have been watching, we pray for those right now that are alone and, and really, Father, by themselves uh, because of this virus. But, Father, I pray that right now the presence of your Holy Spirit would just be so, so real to them that they would understand and know that you are there and that you won't leave us, you won't forsake us. Thank you for your word today. And thank you that indeed our hope is built on Christ the solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As Pastor Doug comes back and Emily, I want you right now as we sing this, this song, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. If you can get to your feet, I want you to stand to your feet. I know it may sound strange if you're there by yourself. But I want you to be free enough to... To, as we sing this song, to just sing it with us, to lift your hands in worship, and to just adore the Lord Jesus Christ today and invite the Holy Spirit to fill your life with his presence and with his power. It's a new day dawning 
for joining us in worship today before uh, we end in a word of prayer just want to remind you of a couple of things uh, first of all thank you for those of you who've been watching daily the noon in place that happens at noon every weekday and we will continue doing that this week i will uh, be leading some of those but pastor allen will be leading the majority of those this week and gearing us and focusing us toward easter uh, coming next sunday so continue uh, paying attention to that and, and uh What's the word I want? Looking in every day, noon in place. 
And this Wednesday, just to make sure everyone's aware, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to do another Facebook Live service, and that service will be a Lord's Supper service. So between now and then, if you haven't already done so, uh, go out and get your elements on your own and follow along with us on Wednesday night at 7 for that special time for a Lord's, a Lord's Supper communion service. And I want to make a note to our life group leaders and those in our life groups here at the church just because we're not together through this month doesn't mean you can't actually find a way to get together. And I sent an email out to life group leaders this week trying to give you options of digital formats to use, such as Zoom or Skype or House Party. You can even use uh, Facebook Messenger video chat for that, which my group is going to be using this evening. So if you have a desire to do that, but you're not quite sure how to do that, Please contact us so we can help you figure that out and what's going to be best for your group because what's good for one group may not be good for another group. All of these things are ways for us to stay together even though we're apart. And like you've done today, you've been with us today. So thank you again for attending our service and watching. Let me close us with a word of prayer as we leave our service today. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it is exactly what we need when we look to you. You have what we need. We have a renewed mind as a believer. We can stand on our faith and be obedient and live in the spirit. God, I pray that we do that today through the rest of this week. But we thank you that this is all possible because of your son coming and being here on earth and fulfilling his destiny, fulfilling what we need so we can have this hope. And I pray as we go through this week, as we look toward Easter, that we will celebrate, thank you, and worship, bow before you, and say, we honor you as the source of our hope. Without you, we have no hope. And thank you for what we're able to dwell on this week and come in together next Sunday and celebrate what you have done for us to give us this hope. Thank you for this time today. Bless everyone who's watched today and bless them as they live out this hope today. We pray this in your name. Amen.